Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Thank you so much, worship. Appreciate that. Today, uh, as I kind of conclude my time with you for the last three weeks, um, I want to deal with the uh, subject matter of powerlessness. Uh, I'm looking out at the landscape of the world, wars, rumors of wars, and seeming the powerlessness. In 6 a.m. prayer this morning, um, it kind of just leaked out uh, to where... Um, I was watching the news on CNN and they were saying, or look, I don't like to say CNN or Fox. I just alternate channels so nobody think I'm watching either one. It's it's a little confusing, but I'll go back and forth. So one of them was saying how that the hostages were the last people on the priority list to recover in the Israel conflict. Now that seemed to be... uh, Okay, I guess if you think they're at least going to resolve the conflict, but if it was our family members, it would not be okay. When I would have heard that, I probably would have felt abandoned, uh, felt left out. Um, I would feel if they powerfully took my loved one, abused my loved one, And then those assigned to protect my loved one did not, and neither would they rescue my loved one, I would feel powerless. And I think that's a pervasive feeling in the world today. And I'm noticing a trend in media, I'm noticing a trend in news and in the world that the references to God are powerless references. They're almost accusatory to the Lord as as one who silently observes trouble and does nothing. You could wonder if you live in this world, what is our ability really anyway? And this is when I find how necessary it is to have the church of the Lord Jesus Christ active at equipping the saints. And tonight I hope to equip you with some revelation of who our Savior is that is germane to you understanding who you are and applying that to this world of calamity and to eliminate this feeling of powerlessness. I think one of the things that aid in us feeling powerless is not knowing our purpose. Being purposeless and powerless are almost partnered together. When you don't know your purpose, you can't access your power. And If you know your purpose, but you haven't accessed your power, it's still meaningless. So somehow I've got to try today to connect you to both 
purpose and power so that the world no longer seems to be dark to you because you're the light switch. The Bible says we're the city that sits upon a hill that cannot be hidden. You're the light switch. You're the lampstand. Uh, you are a guidepost. And just like his word is a lamp unto our feet and a guide un, un, unto our path, you are to be carriers of that light and that word and that truth. I feel like it's the type of moment to go back to something very basic and foundational so that we can build from a platform that can last. Isaiah 61, verse 1, and for those who are not familiar with the style, you've probably been here, I just like to have the reader read. I have my reader back, Pastor Philip. Uh, from time to time, we will enjoy the scriptures together. We will banter. He is preaching with me, even though he is in his seat. If he does say the scriptures wrong, don't worry. I have them written here to verify uh, his version. Uh, please use proper tone and tense con consistent with the text, Pastor Philip, and um, try not to veer far from what the Lord is doing. Isaiah 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up. The Spirit of the Lord is not around me. He's not even declaring that the Spirit of the Lord is in him even though that is factual. He's saying that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, which has in it the double, what you call that, the double entendre, where, where you have the double meaning, where you have birth, the power and the purpose in the word anointing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This would be the anointed one himself, Christ speaking. The to be anointed, it's been terminology that's been thrown around throughout church that doesn't always um, come defined or packaged. But the anointing uh, is to be maybe to an office, anointed as a king, anointed as a prophet, anointed as a priest. This is your assignment. It is the assignment plus the ability. It's not just the assignment with no ability. It's the assignment with the ability. That's the anointing. So there was a moment when I was anointed to be the senior pastor. And I remember Pastor Rice saying, well, you know, he had told me it was going to happen, but, it, but we hadn't done it yet. So I had the title without the anointing. The anointing gave me not only the spiritual positioning, but the empowerment to carry out the purpose and mission of this church. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me 
for he has, because he has anointed me. The anointing has a purpose. The anointing is also a smearing. The anointing is, is, is an empowerment. It's an endowment. Uh, it's a, a, a fervency, an effectualness. It, it comes with the idea that there is a charge associated with it. If you just hear the terminology and you think about it academically, you, you, you lose the power that's behind the word. I love to hear the anointing because I know the purpose and the power and the punch is all there in one. And he begins, it, it, and I want you to know, Jesus, go, do you know where the other place where Jesus talked about this? Luke, Luke 4. Are you, you sure? 18. We're going to, let's see if you're right. No, go to, go, go to Luke 1. 35 first. Okay, hold on, hold on. You got to be faster. You, better, you might have to pull up some of the scriptures for him and help him. Uh, 4.31, say that again. 4, no, no, go to Luke 1 and 35. The angel of the Lord answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the Son of God. Jesus was born of the Holy Ghost. Jesus was born with power. Jesus was born with anointing. Now go to John 3 and 34. He gives the Holy Spirit without measure. 34, 4. He whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. Not only was he made of the Spirit, born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. Uh, John the Baptist leaped in Elizabeth's womb when she heard the salutation, and he was filled with the Spirit. He was given the Spirit without measure. He not only has the office of the anointed one, the office of the Messiah, he has the power to go with it and he can distribute this power at will. He has the spirit without measure. Now, I'm, I'm just connecting the dots early because I want you to read the, the, the text with some, con, you know, with how it applies to you. Now, go to, I didn't tell them to do this in the back, so... So I'm just coming to me right now. Go to Acts 1. Go Acts 1, 5. Acts 1, 5. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days John from now. John focused on the baptism of repentance, getting you into the kingdom of God. My focus is going to be to get you baptized with the Holy Spirit and power. Keep, keep reading down, I think, to the 8th or the ninth verse. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Go, go skip down to the 8th or ninth verse. But you will receive power when uh -huh. the Holy Spirit comes upon when you. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, what do you receive? Power. Did the Holy Ghost come on you for you to just, you know, feel nothing? Uh, preach it, 
the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and you shall receive power. And then what is the next thing you get to do? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses. You'll have something powerful to say. He anointed me. Jesus wanna play go to go to go to uh, Matthew three, I think nineteen. Let me see if I'm right. Eleven, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yes. The Holy Ghost, power, fire, all of this terminology that is church terminology that has been considered religious activity, phenomenological and and extremism, but yet when God begins to speak about what he has done, who he is, and his anointing, he begins to talk about all of the power that comes with it, and we feel like we're in a powerless world, and I'm tired of it. Who told you that you were in a powerless world? Who told you you were in a weak and vulnerable position? Who told you that God set you up for failure? Who told you that he let you down and all you have to do is get beat by the devil and run from the devil and try to hide from your flesh and and not do too much and try to obey the law so you don't, you know, just acting all weak, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost come upon you. Now go to 18 and 19, I think. In Matthew? Yeah, Matthew 3. Hold on, hold on. It only goes to 17. It only goes to 17? Matthew 3. This is when he descends on him like a dove. Yeah, okay. That's uh, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. Behold, the heavens were open to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said... The Spirit came and rested on him. The problem when we feel powerless is sometimes not acknowledgement of an anointing, not acknowledgement that there's God, the Holy Spirit. It's just that we let him come for a moment, but we didn't let him rest upon us. So my power just lasts for a quick moment in Bible study where I feel powerful and I get just enough of a little nugget to just get through one or two of my problems and then I can pick my problems back up and I can just wrap myself in a blanket with my problems and feel all powerless and and warm and on the inside and and play my little sad music so I can feel sad and get my little good cry out because I don't feel good about life because I'm powerless. Go back to Isaiah 61. No, no, you were going to go Luke 4. Go to Luke 4, because Jesus is actually quoting this scripture in Isaiah 6, D1. And I will, I'm on, I'll come back to 61, but I want to show you how Jesus is applying it. Luke 4, 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Jesus walked into the temple 
picked up the scroll, read the Torah portion which had been picked out before he got there. And if it wasn't picked out before he got there, he picked this scripture. Now how he gonna go into a synagogue he don't know nothing about and pick the right scroll? I don't know. Must God really wanted this to happen? Read. Well, what it says, he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. That's how he rose. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim. Why does he want us to know how anointed he is? Isn't it just good enough to say he's God? Why does he want us to know he is the Messiah that has an anointing, that has a purpose, that also has the power to fulfill the purpose? Read. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And, and when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon us, we shall receive power and you'll be my witnesses. When, the Spirit, when they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke the word boldly. What is it in our world that causes us to have nothing to say? You are not designed to sit and watch life on social media and watch it on TV and watch everybody talk about life with nothing powerful to say. Sin robbed humanity of its status. Christ redeems us, gives us our status back, but now other people are outside of it. Sin is still defining them. And when we're not walking in an anointing like he's walking in, oh, you know what? We're talking about Jesus anointing and you're wondering why I keep acting like you anointed. I'm talking about his anointing. So let me just parallel his anointing and your anointing. Go to, go to, we'll come back to, we'll, yeah. No, you, you, do you know where I'm going? Let's see if you know where I'm going. As he sent me, I send you. <laughs> Y'all, you wish. First, you're going to go to 1 John 2. Oh, the anointing. Yeah, yeah. See you. you. Come on, preacher. Come on, preacher. We flowing, but you got to catch up now. Well, I've just, I, just got, I just got other ones that say the same thing. <laughs> Let's go. Let's see what this is 1 John, I think, 2.20 or 2.19. 2.20. Uh, but you have been anointed by the Holy One and you have all knowledge. But you have been anointed, or another verse says, you have an anointing. You have one. You have an office, a purpose, and a power. You have a smearing, you have an appointed place, and you have power to fulfill your mission. You ought to say as a parent, I'm an anointed parent. Don't let your kids' challenges confuse you. I'm an anointed uh, teacher. Don't let all of the curriculum changes confuse you. You're anointed to teach. You're so anointed to teach, you can bypass all foolishness and still teach the truth and don't get in trouble. That's how anointed you are. You got power. You don't have to say, well, I'm just forced and I don't know, I'm waiting on them to change and, you know, we're just handcuffed and I don't know, we don't have any power to do anything. You have an anointing. You have the power. But when you don't think you have the power, you relinquish, relinquish that anointing. But let's show you what Jesus did or, or the purpose of his anointing. Now go back to Luke. 
Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's a lot. People, because of sin, are captive. Put that scripture back up there. People, because of sin, are brokenhearted and bound. It's because of sin. The acceptable year of the Lord is, is him coming. Him giving you the good news that you're free. Him giving you your personal jubilee. You're free. You're not a slave to that. You're not defined by that. Sin wants to define humanity. If you're honest, I know that there's this thing in Christianity to bolster our personal righteousness over the righteousness of Christ. I'm going to say that again. I notice this thing in Christianity to bolster our personal righteousness over the righteousness of Christ. In other words, I'd rather talk to you about what I'm doing right than what he has done right to make me righteous. Say that again. Say that again. I would rather talk to you about what I'm doing right than, than what he did right for me to be righteous. And my hyper focus on that makes me nullify the gospel. And because now it's about my work and it's not about his grace or his free gift. And because of that, I can't preach the good news and I leave my anointing, my assignment, and I leave the power behind it. Because I preached a false gospel. He anointed me to preach to the captive. You can't, the captive should, may should have been captive. The brokenhearted may should have been brokenhearted about their sin. He's not coming to us because we got something right. He came to us while we were yet in sin, when we were not seeking God, did not want God. That's when he said, you know, I got a plan for you. But you see what I'm doing. I don't even want you. He said, yeah, but I want you. I select you. I choose you. I want to be with you. Now, if you really think about it, that's what the good news is. You want me in my broken condition. What we do, however, is receive Christ at, at our most broken and vulnerable place and get relieved from our sin and relieved from our responsibility at the same time. So even though we have an anointing, we've had it put on the shelf. An anointing is meant to be utilized. An anointing is meant to be deployed, activated. Go to 1 Corinthians. Second Corinthians 1, verse 21 and 22, Pastor Philip, what'd that say? Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through. No, no, no. Is that Second Corinthians? Yeah. 1? Yeah. 21? 21, it, and it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us. 
And it's God who has established us in Christ, that get, he gets you saved, then what does he do according to the scripture? Has anointed us. What does he do according to the scripture? Has anointed us. You have a what? Anointment. Anointing. You have a purpose, you have a position, and you have power to execute it. Keep reading. And who also has put his seal on us and has given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. He's now said, let me give you confidence that this gospel you receive is untouchable. It's sealed. And the proof that you are sealed is from the Holy Spirit. The guarantee is an endowment. It's an impartation. It's a pouring out of his spirit upon you for you to receive power. That's the guarantee. This is how you know constantly saved for a purpose. I'm saved. I've got power. That's why when we're taking a beating by the devil, it's an unnecessary beating. The Bible says submit to God. Submitting to God means acknowledging that you have a anointing. It's acknowledging that the word in your life, submit yourself to God, then resist the devil. He'll flee. Put your anointing on. Let what's in you be upon you. He was already filled with the spirit to overflowing, but he picked up the scripture and said, I'm anointed too. Spirit is not just in me. I'm not just born of the spirit. I've got an anointing. And much like the, the lesson I taught three weeks ago about wisdom, remember how I said wisdom was the craftsman by his side. The first thing he did before he did anything, he got wisdom. Now look at this principle again. He, before he starts his public ministry, the first thing he did, does is, is acknowledge his what? Anointing. I want to announce my purpose and the power from God to fulfill it. Did you finish, uh, go back to now Isaiah and pick it up at the third verse. In Isaiah 61. In verse 3, verse 2, let me go back to 2. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Verse 3, Isaiah 61. To grant those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, now, I know it doesn't say, and now he anoints you. But when he's calling you oaks of righteousness, what he's saying is when you get in right standing or right position with him, you automatically receive an anointing. You receive an anointing. And the anointing comes to do things. And so when you read verse 4, you begin to see contextually that the anointing uh, is not just theoretical. It is practical. Read verse 4. They shall build up the ancient ruins and they shall raise... With that anointing, 
You'll go to the brokenhearted in the broken places and you will build right there. You'll build. You are a builder because you have an anointing. You are a, what's the next thing you are? They shall build up the ancient rules. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations oh, of many generations. Oh, our schools are so terrible. The schools will never be the same again. It's terrible. You will raise it up with an anointing. Oh, our nation is going to hell in a handbasket. Our nation is so bad. You will raise it up. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to a people. And it is sin when you avoid doing that which God has assigned you to do. You have an anointing. You have the ability to take the rubble of life, the devastation of life, and do something about it. You know, I was watching them bomb Israel and all the stuff, and I was thinking, man, how are they going to fix that? And I thought about 9-11. I said, at some point, somebody had to just go and raise that up. And when we look at the broken morality in the world and the broken down spirits and stuff, who is his designed to raise up the people? We are. No one, no one has that assignment. The government doesn't have that assignment. There's no institution with this assignment to restore the human soul. That's your assignment. It's not even crazy to walk up to a homeless person and say, you don't need to be homeless anymore. Jesus will walk up to, I mean, uh, his disciples under anointing will walk up to people that's lame say, a, a man sitting by the gate uh, called Beautiful said, silver and gold have a none, but such as I have I give unto you, take up your bed and walk. He didn't, they didn't have the money to give to the beggar, but they had a healing to give to the beggar so they didn't, he didn't have to beg anymore. You have an anointing. If God would have just said, hey, I, I, you have money. What if God said, oh, you have money. Then everything that you problem that needed to be solved would be solved by you giving money. They said, we don't have silver and gold, but what we have, you have an anointing, we give unto you. Take up your bed and walk. What has stopped our mouths from walking up to the infirmed and the broken and the hurting and say, be healed in Jesus' name. Be set free in Jesus' name. What? It, it, it's a refusal to walk in your authority. It's a refusal to be who he's called you to be. Read. Verse 5, strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners will be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you shall be called priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. What he's saying is, it's so important that you do your assignment to this powerless world that I'll have other people take care of you. That's what that just said. Just in case you can read it later. He said, I have other people take care of your stuff. Whatever you need, I, I, I got you. Do what I assigned you to do. And we usually do what we need to do to take care of us. And then we say, God, I got, I got five minutes every week for you when you need it. But that's not supposed to be. He said, do my stuff first. Well, the church is taking up too much time. Discipleship is taking up too much time. Give it to the poor. Wow, took up too much time. You know, he said, take care of my stuff first and I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll have other people do your stuff. 
You, okay, here, here you go. You might think, you might be saying now, even if I believe you, Pastor James, I just, I just don't feel it though. <laughs> Let me give you some, some things that you can practically activate to start getting into this. Go to Isaiah 58. Uh, six and Pastor Philip, you're doing a great job, by the way. I mean, you get to those scriptures so fast. Can we give Pastor Philip some encouragement? I mean, my God, my God is what a man. Fifty-eight six. Is this not the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness to undo? So the context of this has been praying and fasting. But the activities of a fasting person look, sounds like the activities of an anointed person. The activity of a fasting person sounds like the activities of the person who was anointed to the brokenhearted and, and the priestess. Read again. Start over. Verse 6. Verse 6. Is this... The is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, uh-huh. to undo the straps of the yoke, let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and to not hide your face from your own flesh? Then your, shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, the Do point- my stuff first. And then... You shall, if you take away the yoke from your midst and the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and to satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong then you shall be like a watered garden, like the spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. With an anointing. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of streets to dwell in. Now, that doesn't sound like powerlessness to me. That doesn't sound like people with no ingenuity, creativity, or wisdom, or ability. If he created the worlds through wisdom, that creative power is still available. If If you take care of the hungry and with an anointing and, and, if you, and you go out with your purpose and the power and actually do something, God said, I'll take care of you. You call me, I answer. You need healing, I'll give it. Everything in us tells us to take care of us. Everything that's sin-driven 
is when a man is enticed and drawn away by his own lust, then lust is conceived, it brings forth. In the words I say, he's dragged away. What am I trying to get you to see today? I say it like that, Holy Ghost. Sometimes when you hear preaching, you're like, if the big wigs were in the room to hear this message, the real carriers, the super carriers, then we, they take this message, they can change the world. You're in the room. The message is for you. It's about him for you. It's about him wanting to smear on you. I, I know this is going to sound as if I don't like a good church service where we can run, holler, you know, spin, quake, you know, feel. I, I like a good church service like that. But I think the hunger for that has nullified the work that the anointing is supposed to produce. So if a quake and a shake is going to prevent me from moving out in purpose, I choose not to quake and shake. And I'm a good shaker and a quaker. I'm good at it. When he hit, hit me, he hit me. It did go. I can go for hours. Twist all up in the anointing and walk out and speak to no one. Oh, church is good. I'm just so drunk in the spirit. Somebody help me home. You wake up with a spiritual hangover. You ain't talked to nobody yet. <laughs> and you don't care. Because your heart's not broken for what breaks his. I'm here to tell you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel the anointing right now. I just, just let me, just let me just come out of it. It's just like, yes, ZT kill. Yes, ooh, why y'all? Let me see to let my yes. Ta yes, ooh, clamose, waklavi, zitu, hoof, devel, si, levo, safa, yenaba, yose, la mayandi, yes, yo, clavos, tura, kiss, tai, la monena, mosa, clamos, utura, beclesi, la mozu. La sito no ma ile boraman gazito ramingrebo ramakarama kushata yesu buhaye hey hmm is anyone that has an interpretation if not i do you can stand if you if the lord reveals something my hand is resting now upon you saith the lord my hand has not been removed from you because of your sin or your neglect my hand rests firmly upon you saith the lord and on my hand is an anointing an anointing to empower you and equip you to do those things that you have been assigned to do before the foundations of the world saith the lord for the world is not in a bad place or a bad position because you are in place and you are in position saith the lord I I have not abandoned this place nor this world. I have sent you into the world with an anointing, saith the Lord. Only receive, only fan, only believe that I want to work through you in this hour at this time, saith the Lord, for I am declaring over you. Beyond what man says, I am declaring over you. You have an anointing today, saith the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. So what I want you to do is stand to your feet. And, you know, I do it. See if there's some of the oil in there, Philip. 
that that's don't hear the word and not do the word don't hear it and not receive it if you receive it somebody in your sphere of influence is going to move out of that powerless position into a revelation of a loving and powerful God they can accept. The anointing comes not to make you feel great about you. It's to make you understand your purpose and power for him. So long I thought that that grace and powerful feeling was for me. It's for him. It's for them. And that's what God wants you to do. I want you to get a fresh revelation right now of, of the purpose. Just close your eyes. Begin to sense the purpose of the Lord. It's not an accident you're here tonight. Feel the purpose of the Lord. He's not trying to put you in a spooky place. He's trying to move you into a powerful place. If you've been resisting the move of God, the Holy Spirit in your life through the word no or not for me or that's how those people work. Remove those barriers tonight. The Bible says all you have to do to receive God the Holy Spirit's gifts, Him, is to ask. Raise your hands, everybody. Keep your eyes closed. Ask God the Holy Spirit to freshly come upon you. Doesn't matter how He comes on other people. Allow him to come on you the way he comes on you. Forget about every other experience you've ever seen. Let the Holy Spirit come upon you. Let him give you fresh revelation of your empowerment. Fresh revelation of your assignment. Some of you need to be getting a vision of going into your homes with the grace to pray breakthrough over your children. Some of you, it's your job. Some of you, it's your place of education. Some of you, it's right here in this church. But you are receiving an empowerment if you're asking. It may make you feel something personally, or it may make you know something profoundly. But God, the Holy Spirit, is pouring out on you even now. Receive his power. And once you think you've connected with God, say, Lord, it's not enough. I need more. Once you perceive he said yes to more, said yet, yeah, Lord, but it's more people I want to reach. I need more. Lord, let the anointing rot out confusion. Let the anointing take me from powerlessness to powerful. From purposeless living to purpose. 
I receive tonight my anointing. And with that anointing, I see my assignment in the world. I'm not afraid anymore. In Jesus' name.